Welcome into the Off the Post podcast. I'm Nick Devalion with my co-host, Lucas Tashi. Today, we're going to be recapping the transfers that have happened in the past two weeks, some new rumors that have come up. And then with the Community Shield tomorrow for the Premier League and the league starting up the following weekend or the weekend after that, we're going to discuss our future bets and our opening weekend bets. So we hope you guys enjoy the show. Lucas, two weeks later, we are back and the season starts soon. Season starts next week. We're seven days away from the Premier League's first game. We have matchups this weekend. We have the Community Shield, as you mentioned. We have a lot of the Super Cups that are going on. Oh, it's a beautiful time, Nick. It is a beautiful time. But, I mean, so much has happened in the past two weeks that me and you have been texting each other constantly. But, like, bro, this is like some drama going on. The transfer window this summer is just unreal. You know, I've never seen uh, a window where there's so many quality players that are wanted on the market by so many teams. Right. And because of that, that's led to like a lot of cutthroat uh, situations, right? With Chelsea and Arsenal and then Barcelona and Chelsea. Uh, there's so many things going on with the transfer window right now and it's unlike anything i've really seen in a long time it's unbelievable like drama all over the place across all the leagues you have roma who are absolutely crushing this window you have barcelona who this window is the season of a summer of barcelona like last year we had psg with the summer of psg where they signed sergio ramos messi donnarumma hakimi this summer for barcelona Oh, my goodness. I mean, we could talk for a whole podcast about Barcelona, but we already talked about them last time. Uh, so we'll probably not talk about them this go around. But, dude, it's just nuts. Yeah. I want to read down uh, the transfers that happened, the big ones that we, we talked about uh, over the past couple of weeks. Maybe we'll miss some, but these are the ones that stood out for us. Yep. So we have uh, Zinchenko going from Man City to Arsenal. Dybala going from Inter to Roma on a free. Jesse Lingard going to Nottingham Forest from Manchester United on a free. Incredible window by Nottingham Forest so far. Yeah. Uh, it's delight going to Bayern from Juventus for 80 million euros. Lookman, who was on loan from Leicester, he's going from RB Leipzig to, to Atalanta. Then you have Nahuel Molina going from Udinese to Atletico Madrid. He's the starting right back for Argentina. Really underrated player. Dwight McNeil goes to Everton uh, from Burnley. And then Barcelona, I mean. They signed Lewandowski and made it official. We were talking about how it was close the last time we met. And then they get Conde from Sevilla for, I think it's 55 million euros uh, with some potential add-ons, which I think is... Absolutely ridiculous. Dude, I, I, I'm I, so glad that Bar, uh, Bayern Munich put that clause in their contract uh, for Lewandowski because it's possible that Barcelona may not be able to even pay for Lewandowski in the future. It's just, it, it's insane how they're doing this right now. Can you, uh, for the people listening, can you talk about what that clause is? Yeah, so the clause is essentially if... Well, Barcelona have to pay the transfer fee for Lewandowski. No matter what, no matter what goes on in the contract, the clause says that Barcelona will have to pay 
for Lewandowski, whether it's in a lump sum or within two years, because if they, within two years, Barcelona go bankrupt, they have to immediately pay Bayern Munich. So that's what Bayern Munich put into their clause, just to make sure that they get paid out. Because there are actually players that I've seen, Barcelona still hasn't paid for Malcolm back from 2018 when they signed him. They didn't finish making that payment. And it's just unbelievable that this is still going on. But, man, it's just... Can I talk about the Malcolm thing? Sorry, I I don't mean to cut you off. Can I talk about the Malcolm thing for a second? Bordeaux has had some financial issues, and they got relegated from League On this past season, right? I mean, you don't know the uh, downstream effects of them not getting that money from that Malcolm transfer. That could have saved them in a lot of situations there. And, I mean, I just think that Barcelona has easily become the the most hated club so far in the world this summer. And there's a lot of people wondering how they're going to pay for this. And I just think the best way to understand it is if you don't know and you're concerned and it's a question and you see all these teams unsure, then something crazy is going on for them. Yeah. Yeah, really, something crazy is actually going on within that within that club. Like Bayern has, we've said this already, but Bayern has said openly said that they think Barcelona is not going to be a club within two years just because of financial reasons, and I can totally see that happening. Yeah, I agree with that. And like, I mean, going into Barcelona signings that they've had over the past two weeks, of course, we talked about Christensen, we talked about Kessie, we talked about Rafinha, but now they officially got Lewandowski into the club and they officially got Kunde into the club. Their new starting center back, uh, really, what their transfer window has been doing is taking a look at Chelsea and their top targets and then just like having Xavi do all the work and like try to like convince the players to join Barcelona instead of Chelsea, which is crazy, but it works. Yeah, I agree entirely. Uh, It's something very similar to what Manchester United has done as well. I think personally that, you know, finances aside, and I know we don't want to talk about Barcelona so we can move on after this, just players... Only, I feel like this is the best window they, they've had in a really long time. If you're looking yeah. at the players that they got, Christensen, Kessie, Conde, Lewandowski, they're in for Aspelacueta. I mean, they have bought in so many players that are going to make an impact with this team that I'm very interested to see how they play. And I very much understand why the odds, and we'll talk about futures too, why the odds in La Liga are so close right now. And so it's going to be interesting to see how this this plays out. But besides Barcelona and Val Lucas, what other transfers over the past two weeks did you really like? I mean, I already mentioned Roma and Dybala. Well, I mentioned how fantastic Roma have been doing in the transfer window where they got Dybala. They're looking to get Eric Bailly. They're also looking to get Ginny Wijnaldum, which is fantastic. And they already have, like, a strong side to begin with. Uh, they have a lot of young talent, but Dybala is, is fantastic. Dybala and Tammy Abraham up top will be unbelievable. But I think over the past two weeks, the best transfer has to be De Ligt going to Bayern Munich. For 80 million euros, he's still only 22 years old, which is 
unbelievable because it feels like he's been playing forever. And ever since he went to Juventus, he kind of like drifted off after he had that huge rise in uh, stardom at Ajax where he was going to be the best center back in the world. And he's still a top five, six center back in the world. But man, him going to Bayern now, he's going to take his game to the next level where he's going to be able to play under Nagelsmann and really show the world what he can do. Because I feel like he was behind Chiellini and Bonucci at Juve, whereas now at Bayern, he's going to be able to take that next step and be that leader. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, I mean, it's very easy to see last year he was probably their best player, in my opinion. I think Juventus replaced also Delict with Bremer from Torino, who's a great signing, who made the Serie A team in the season. Uh, had to give them a shout for sure because they addressed the uh, the need at half the cost for what they got for Delict. I think the thing that's crazy about him, and I agree with you, I love this signing for Bayern, is that he's only 22 years old. He's already made over 300 professional appearances. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's going to be a, a stalwart in that Bayern side for a while, and I'm really excited to see them play out. I think really Dybala, too. I mean, I can I can talk about this all day. That signing for Roma, it's you never would think Roma, after having the season they had, would get a player of his quality. And to pair him up front with Tammy Abraham, like you said before, I mean, they're, they're, they're two up front is better than probably anyone else's in Serie A right now. And I mean, I know they maybe lack behind in the midfield at the center of the pitch for now. But like you said before, they're looking to make improvements. And I'm very interested to see what they're doing so far. Easily, in my opinion, the biggest uh, winners of Serie A so far in terms of their window and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do for the last month. Now, going on to another transfer, I just want to quickly touch on Jesse Lingard is going to Nottingham Forest. Did you hear the amount that he's getting paid? Uh, I heard it's ridiculous, and I, but I also heard it's only for, for one year. It is a one-year contract, but it is so ridiculous. He's getting paid 200,000 pounds a week. To play for Nottingham Forest, which is like what? That's so much money. I don't know how how like a, just a recently promoted side is able to pay for a player like that. But honestly, I mean, he still is talented. You saw what he can do uh, at West Ham when he played that attacking mid role, and he he's a good player. Like he can definitely boost that team um, and give them that extra level uh, of talent that they really needed. But two hundred thousand pounds, unbelievable. He's definitely getting that, getting that bread. Uh, whereas he had another contract from West Ham, where it would have been a two-year contract or three years, and it would have been one hundred twenty thousand. So he's getting that bread this year, and he's he's hopefully making it worth it. Yeah, I think he's going to be great for them. To be to be quite honest, I think they've had an outstanding window. In my opinion, they've made so many signings that they they are out of the running for, for relegation in my mind. We'll see how the manager is, but their squad is very talented. They, they've had a good window, though, like you said, where they signed uh, Dean Henderson on loan from Manchester United. He just slots right in there as a starting goalkeeper. He played well when he was a starter for Manchester United a couple seasons back. Uh, and then also Nico Williams outside back from a young outside back from uh liverpool who was in their academy and played very well uh he's gonna slot right into that starting lineup too 
So really some good stuff. And I agree with you. Like there's no way they're going to be, I mean, you can't say there's no way, but it, the signings that they've done, it definitely helps that they did these signings because I don't think they're going to be able to get relegated. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, I just want to run through the, a couple of rumors. You know, we mentioned Wijnaldum and then Aspilicueta, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Ketelaire is very close to AC Milan as well from Club Bruges. Seems like they, they're close to agreeing a fee with 32 million euros uh, plus add-ons. He's a sensational player will probably play along the front line as a second striker or striker could play on the wings too. Very versatile. Um, I'm excited to see him play. And I'm sure after a season, he'll be able to replace Ibrahimovic in that role because he's also a very tall player. And then Cucurella uh, from Brighton. I mean, we mentioned him before after Zinchenko got sold. Uh, Pep Guardiola has come out and said that if they don't sign him, it's not a big deal because they have the depth behind, behind, uh, uh, who is it? I can't. I can't believe I forgot his name. He plays as the inverted left back. Uh, how can I forget? Cancelo. Oh my god, yeah. kill me, Cancelo. <laughs> so yeah. Cancelo can put, probably play on the left, and then Walker will play on the right, which is what their preferred lineup is. Uh, and then essentially they have some youth players that can play behind them. But Cucurella came in saying that. Uh, well, he officially submitted a transfer request. So mm-hmm. what that really means is that all the loyalty bonuses that Brighton would have to pay him uh, once Cucurella leaves the club do not have to be paid anymore. So that could potentially lower the fee of Man City actually paying for him because the difference that the fee Man City paid versus what they would have to pay Cucurella uh, would get subtracted from that amount. So let's say the loyalty fee was another five million pounds or something like that. Then the yeah. asking price would technically be forty-five million pounds, or they could get there with forty million pounds, which is what uh, you know we feel like their valuation might be after the thirty million pound bid plus add-on. So we'll see what happens there, but I don't think it really impacts Man City's title chances either way. Yeah, another player to watch out for is uh, Timo Werner where he's potentially going to be leaving Chelsea. Chelsea is just trying to offload a lot of players at the moment. I guess new ownership or maybe Tuchel doesn't like the players, uh, which is crazy because like they were quality before they went to Chelsea and then now all of a sudden they're not good. Uh, that's tough to believe. But Werner uh, is currently on uh, Juventus's radar. So if Juve can get Timo Werner onto that team, have Werner plus Vlahovic, yeah, in that side, that could be very good. Uh, honestly, I feel like he'll do very, very well uh, in the city uh, after he he played very well in the Bundesliga for RB Leipzig and even in the Champions League. The Werner that we're seeing now is just not it. Like he, I feel like he's just out of form. He's at Chelsea's at such a huge club with like so many eyeballs on him. And the English media is tough, very, very tough, that any miss, he'll get slaughtered. But in the City, I feel like they'll be more lenient with him, similar to what Lukaku and Tammy Abraham are, I mean, have done. Lukaku goes to the City and balls out. Tammy Abraham has gone to the City and balls out. Now, Timo Werner can go to the City Juve, and he can score 12 to 15 league goals, in my opinion. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. I feel like 
with Timo, he really had a crossroad decision when he could have picked between Chelsea and Liverpool. And I feel like uh, had he gone to Liverpool, he he would have definitely suited their playing style a little bit more. Not to say that he would have scored uh, significantly more. He definitely would have scored more, in my opinion, because he suits their system better than he suits whatever Chelsea is doing right now. And yeah. I feel as if he, he kind of squandered an opportunity uh, when he decided to make that decision to go to Chelsea. We'll see if he picks it up at Juventus, but I definitely feel like Chelsea have had such a tough window in terms of what their expectations were going into this window, having new owners who had financially agreed to commit a certain amount of money to the club when purchasing them versus mm-hmm. what they've actually done now. I mean, they've gotten two great signings in Koulibaly and and um, Sterling, but I feel like they could have done more, right? Potentially, they could have had Rafina, they could have had Conde, they could have had De Ligt. You know, yeah. there's so many players that they could have had that I'm looking at them not necessarily as a loser, but someone who I'm curious to see what business they do. Because as of right now, Lucas, I have them out of the top four for this season. Chelsea? Yes. Okay, so I'm assuming you have City, Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal. As of right now, yes. Yeah, as of of right now. I, I, with what's been going on, the transfers that have happened, I can see that happening for sure. Uh, with put even Man United above Chelsea right now because wow. of, yes, listen, preseason form carries over. Yes, I agree with that. And Chelsea getting smacked for nothing by Arsenal, getting absolutely yeah. run through, is going to have an effect on them. And I feel like Arsenal has had a great preseason. Uh, Manchester United have also had a great preseason. Same thing with Man City, Liverpool. All these these five clubs have really taken a step forward with the signings that they've made, the adjustments that they've needed. And so I just feel like I look at Chelsea and they've made some good signings, but it's it's not enough with the players uh, that are kind of wanting to leave compared to who they brought in. Very interesting. Uh, that's a hot take right there. I know. I that's know. a very I, hot take, but I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I mean, what can you do, Lucas? Besides that, uh, before we go on to our favorite segment, do you have anyone you want to think about, give clubs a shout, or talk about how they're kind of losing this window so far? Who in your eyes has really won so far this summer, even though we have a month left, and who has really kind of lost in your eyes? I mean, uh, we've already noted this, but essentially Roma, in my eyes, have won this summer. Uh, Dybala, huge. And if they get Wijnaldum and they get Eric Bailly, massive, massive. Um, I think teams that took L's besides Chelsea, I don't think Liverpool have done enough. Okay. Yes, yes they signed uh, Darwin Nunez. But he's only had one good season, a hundred million pound uh, pound striker. Whereas you have Man City, who have signed Calvin Phillips, who have signed Erling Holland, who are nearing the signature of Cursarello. Yes, they lost Gabriel Jesus and Raheem Sterling, but boom, easy easy replacements right there with uh, Holland, Phillips. And Cusarello, oh, and Zinchenko, they lost. But literally, just straight swaps, which is perfect. And it, I would say, like, some of, most of them are upgrades. So I would say Liverpool are distancing themselves from City 
whereas this previous season they were very close. Signing Nunez hasn't helped. They lost Mane. They didn't replace it. And then also Jota's been hurt. Luis Diaz is solid, but they don't have a backup there. They lost Minamino. They they lost Origi. They really lost a lot of depth, and they haven't really replaced them unless they're planning on using the young talent like Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott. That's the only way I can see them really taking that step. But this window for them, I think it has been a huge L. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the big team for me. I think you made a lot of great points there. I don't think the, the they're. I mean, listen, they had a injury crisis a couple seasons ago. So if they yeah. have something similar to that, I don't think I don't foresee them finishing out of the Champions League if that was to happen, right? I think they still make like third or fourth, uh, just Agreed. because they're just so good, and they they've been together for such a long time. The chemistry is there. Uh, I think as of right now, they're a very clear second best team. Yes. And, and I agree with you. I mean, I, I think it's actually very close between second best and third best. I think Spurs have really overtaken them this this summer. Signing Richarlison, excuse me, uh, signing Basuma, uh, they still have Kane, they still have Son, they, si- they signed Perisic, like, they've done fantastic business. Jed Spence in the right back role, like, fantastic business. Um, and they haven't really lost anybody either. They haven't sold much this summer, which is good. And they still, Kulusevsky, they still kept him. Uh, he was on loan initially, but then they extend, they signed him officially. Um, but man, they really have done well this summer. I think they're the second best team at the moment. After how they finished the season, getting them into that top four spot, and how Conte has been building this team up. Because really, from last September to this August, night and day between these two sides. Yeah, I mean, I ultimately uh, agree. I think they've had such a great window. And in my eyes, if they don't qualify for the Champions League, that's that's kind of a disaster, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think when I look at this this team, uh, if, if Conte wants to stay and he continues on this trajectory, I can see them contending for the title in a couple of seasons. But that's the thing. Will he stay is really kind of like the biggest topic. The squad he has, really good squad. I don't know if they're going to make any necessarily transfers at uh, for the re- remaining month. It seems like they've gotten a lot of business done early. And yeah. I'm really interested to see how they, they play coming out because they look really good. I want to give a couple shouts to uh, teams that I've really liked their windows as well. You said Roma. We agree on Barcelona. Uh, I really like West Ham's window a lot. They have, yeah. a, they have a lot of money to spend. They signed uh, Gianluca Scamacca from Sassuolo for, for $40 million, I believe. And then they signed Nayef Egard, the center back from Rennes, for around the same amount of money. So these two signings in general, uh, really impressive signings for me. They have a get- backup goalkeeper in Areola. They signed a central midfielder from Swansea named Flynn Downs for a decent amount of money. He's really young, has a lot of potential, could fulfill Mark Noble's role uh, going down the line. I think that... I mean, really, Mark Noble doesn't play like and start in a lot of games anymore. But you know what I mean. It's very similar type of player. I think that they're making a lot of good signings. They are also in line to try and get Kostic from Eintracht uh, Frankfurt, and that would fill a need for them and be even more depth for them. So very impressive so far for West Ham. They have a lot of money to spend because they have not spent 
really any of their money for, for the yeah. last couple of uh, you know transfer windows. They signed Suchek, they signed Kufal, right? They got on other players, but they really have a budget carryover from those transfer windows to now where Moyes wants to spend more. So I like their window. Uh, Love Inter Milan's Milan's window as well. Great business as usual for them. Uh, And then I want to, I kind of want to talk about who had a bad window. So Sevilla in my eyes has had a very, very scary and very poor window. Uh, they lost both of their starting center backs, so that that's very dangerous, right? Diego Carlos, remember, he went to, to Villa, yeah. who, who have also had a good window. Um, so very concerned with them. And then, I mean, I'm going to go down the list. Everton, just not doing anybody any favors. Horrible window okay. for them. Fulham, you know, we talked about this in our text message, and they've made good signings, right? And then, I, and you made a point, they did make good signings, but my question to you was, but do you think they're still going to go down? And, you know, you laughed, so I think we both know how that's going to go for them. Yeah. And then Wolves and Leicester have not really signed anybody. So uh, very concerned with them, especially because with Leicester, they can't really sign any players until they free up some of their wages. So mm-hmm. we'll, see what, we'll see what happens with those teams with the outgoing transfers that they have and whatever they have incoming wolves. I'm pretty sure Jimenez hurt himself recently and is out for a little bit. So that puts them in a tough spot as well. That puts Pedro Neto in that striker role and that he's in my FPL side, baby. Um, But going back to Leicester, honestly, uh, great points all around from you, but going back to Leicester, this window for them can get even worse because one, they can potentially sell Tielemans. Yes. But not only that, they're they're close to selling their club captain. Kasper Schmeichel is potentially going to France. Um, I don't know which side right now, but the rumors have been that he's going to go and be sold to... One second, let me just pull this up. To... Oh, geez. Oh, no. Who is this side? Nice. Oh, Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I'm like, what? It's literally because they only called it OGC. I'm like, who's OGC? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's potentially going to Nice, which is going to be dreadful for them. They needed Casper Schmeichel. He was one of the reasons why they won the Premier League in 2016. One of the reasons why they won the FA Cup a couple of years back. Like, really, such a huge club legend man like having him go would be detrimental and then having Tillman's go and also Vardy is getting up there in age like Fofana is uh potentially listed they gave uh they gave an f off price to Chelsea of 70 million pounds but I mean honestly he's super talented and super young so he could definitely be worth that later on but I mean so many, so many things could potentially happen. Do I think Leicester will stay up regardless of what happens to these players? I do because they have a lot of young up-and-coming players that could fulfill that role and could be yeah. better for them in the long run, right? But uh, as of right now for this season, I, I feel like they're going to take a step back. Yeah, no, agreed. I think they're going to be close to that relegation battle, though. They're going to be from 15 to uh, 17, in my I, opinion. I agree. All right, I think we should go on to our next topic, unless you have anything else you wanted to add. No, I think that was a great topic, great discussion with the transfers, covered off on everything that had happened. So let's move on to the next segment. Okay, so let's do future bets first, right? Before okay. we 
So, I mean, let, can we just talk about how we finished the season? Because we, we crushed it uh, yet again. We, we hit on our biggest bet ever at Real Madrid plus 2,800. Okay. No doubt about that. By far the best odds we ever we ever gave. No no brainer for value too. We finished the year twenty two of twenty seven in all the bets that we placed as well. So did absolute wonders in that situation uh, for us. I mean, I you can't end the season better. I mean that's and that's also when we started tracking our bets. So new yeah. season. I mean, we're gonna include the last year's results into our percentage just so we know overall how well we're doing and how well we're winning. But I mean, overall, right, Lucas, we finished with a seventy-one percent uh, hit rate on all our bets. So, and that, and uh, honestly, back, baby. yeah, man. I mean, incredible, incredible, uh, incredible games that we also called out. Right, the the upset of Monchen Gladbach at plus like seven hundred against Bayern Munich early in the season before when we weren't tracking. We had a couple plus four hundred bets that also hit. Really, really good. Um, always getting those plus money. Oh my God! Yes, absolutely. Uh, incredible, incredible time. Loved every minute of it. And yeah. this season we're gonna start uh, essentially with. Future bets, right? And uh, we're going to start with the opening weekend, too. So I deposited essentially $100. I already placed, full disclosure for everyone, I already placed one bet, uh, $10 for a future, $10 to win uh, $21,000, right? Um, This kind of leads into two of my bets for futures. So I'll just just say it right away, Lucas. So I bet Everton to get relegated at plus 380 on FanDuel. Uh, yep. really like the odds in terms of payouts uh did not like nottingham forest because they are available at i think minus money and i think with the signings that they made that they may potentially stay up Everton has just not impressed me uh i'm not sure if i'm convinced of frank lampard if he's a good manager or not and i feel like there's a lot of things that could go on for them to to have that happen so they're my first future bet my first future bet is related um, so I think hopefully we hit on one of this. Uh, it is Leeds to get relegated at plus 230. Um, in my opinion, Leeds, they still have Patrick Bamford. They still have uh, a lot of good young talent. And they made some decent signings, getting Brendan Aronson in. Uh, but losing Calvin Phillips and losing Rafinha, literally their two best players, that's not what you need to be able to compete uh, Rafinha has accounted for so many goals and assists in the last year, and Calvin Phillips, without him, that midfield would have been just detrimental. So Leeds plus 230 to get relegated. Hopefully it's Leeds and Everton getting relegated and we just win big. But as long as one of them gets one of them hits, I think we'll be okay. Moving on to my second one. I mean, I feel like a lot of these are the Premier League. So me and Nick both looked into the rest of the leagues. And the payouts for the rest of the leagues really just weren't as, I would say, profitable or valuable for us. Because, I mean, you would see Barcelona plus 140 to win the league. You would see Juve plus 125 to win the league. And then you also have Inter plus 125 to win the league. And then you have Real Madrid, and you have like like all these teams. There isn't anything that's really valuable outside of the Premier League, 
because we couldn't bet on any futures when it came to the top goal scorers in that league within FanDuel. Uh, and then also, like, the actual odds are, like, so tight that it's not even worth it. You're not getting any value out of it. So the second one that I'm going to be betting is within the Prem, and it's solid to be the Premier League goal scorer at plus 470. He's actually second with first being Erling Holland. I think Salah is going to be out and about like he's going to be that main goal scorer. With Mane gone, I don't think Darwin Nunez is going to essentially replace Mane's goals. I think Salah is still he's still on pens and he's still a fantastic player. He just signed a new contract too and he's going to be gunning for goals. He's already won 3 4 Premier Premier League golden boots. I think he's on his way for another one this season. I think that's a good shout for sure. Uh, I So, like you said before, we don't have too many uh, out of Premier League bets because they're not available on FanDuel for a top scorer and, uh, you know, relegation side like they do for the Premier League. I do have a really good bet, though, that I know you disagree with. And ultimately, it's the Dortmund uh, outright winner of the Bundesliga. So I have them at plus 1,000. Uh, I just really like the odds there. No team has ever won as many titles as Bayern have won in a row. Nagelsmann had a, you know, up and down first season. And I also feel like, you know, I know that Dortmund lost Holland, but they made a lot of really good signings. And I, at the same time, Lewandowski left Bayern Munich. So they're going to have to replace that production as well. And then I want to talk about their interim manager. For- yeah, let me interrupt, though. Let me interrupt, though. Okay. Because- they replaced Lewandowski with Sadio Mane, and they already added in Matthias De Ligt. So, yeah, but still, I mean, I'm not convinced. I I feel like the the winning percentage for, uh, for, I mean, I think his name is Terzic. He was the interim manager that fulfilled it, uh, filled in Dortmund's role before Rose took over, and then they let Rose go because. I feel like they believe whatever they had with this guy is going to really work out for for them, and so uh, I just feel I feel very good about the value on this bet. It's not like it's it's plus four hundred or plus five hundred. I mean, you're getting you're getting ten to one odds here, so I really just like the value. I don't know. I I, I wouldn't do it. Okay, that's fair. You want to go on to your third one? Yeah, I'll do my third. Uh, so, I mean, we like we liked uh, Everton to get relegated, right? I also really liked, in my eyes, too, for them to finish the bottom half of the table. I mean, that's guaranteed at this point. I don't understand how they could finish top half. They're giving you minus 320. Uh, I think the odds there are really good, and I, I have no doubt in my mind that this is going to actually hit. Now... If we're talking about other things, um, I really want to think about this more. So I'll just give I'll just give the bottom half of uh, the table for minus three twenty before I go into the top six and top four finishes. So you you can go ahead, Lucas. Uh, my third one. It's not necessarily a future, but like I mean, it is a future considering it's tomorrow. Uh, it's Man City plus one twenty five to win the Community Shields. Like I mentioned earlier, Liverpool, they haven't really fully replaced all their top players. They haven't replaced Mane. They lost Origi. They lost a lot of players. 
and they replaced they replaced them with Darwin Nunez. Like I mean, whereas Man City have been on a roll in this uh, in this preseason where they beat Bayern, they have played very 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 well, uh, and Liverpool are coming off a one 0 loss to RB Salzburg, uh, and they were play they played full strength. They lost to Man United in the preseason. Like, yeah, they have had one good game in the preseason, but Man City hasn't lost a game this preseason. And it seems like Erling Holland is surefire going to score uh, in the Community Shield tomorrow as well. So plus 125 Man City to win the Community Shield. Okay. So so you're out. You're done with future bets. You have nothing left? I couldn't find anything else that enticed me, so I didn't want to do it. Okay. I mean, honestly, if I, I want to look into this more and maybe I want to check uh, DraftKings, right? I would want to see t- to finish outside of the top four. Oh, there it is. To finish outside of the top four, you have Chelsea at minus 115. So that tells you everything you need to know about how the bookmakers feel about Chelsea's window so far, where they're even odds to basically finish uh, outside of the top four. So I really like that bet. Um, in terms of value, you know, I probably end up taking it just because it's even. I thought you'd get plus money for it. Yeah, I thought so too. You know, but but still, I don't think it's too bad of uh, to, to too bad of a bet. I don't see them finishing outside of the top six, but you can also look at those bets too. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of listed like Newcastle is minus three twenty to finish outside of the top six. They're definitely finishing outside of the top six. I don't see Newcastle replacing those sides this season. So, uh, really interesting stuff. I think for the future bets, that's all I have. So I'll go into uh, I'll go into the actual league, and I really like. Uh, I mean, you gave you gave Man City in the Community Shield, right? So I'm gonna give. Let's see. I'm gonna give Chelsea over Everton at minus 140, uh, despite the the fact that I think Chelsea's gonna have a bad season by their standards. I think Everton's gonna have an even worse season. So I just I really like those uh, those odds as well. And uh, before I give it back to you, can I just give one more? Yeah, go ahead. That Aston- actually gives me some more time because I haven't I haven't done next week's games. Okay, Aston Villa against Bournemouth at plus one fifteen outright. Uh, I think that's a juicy bet. Bournemouth also another club that have really done nothing this window. Aston Villa have had a great window, and I think they're going to be riding the momentum into this season. So. Really like Aston Villa at plus 115, too. I like that. I, I really like that. Um, I mean, might as well have some fun on the first day of the Premier League, right? Yeah. Uh, we had last year where it was Arsenal versus Brentford. Arsenal is leading the way again with a Friday night fixture, this time against Crystal Palace. This time they're still ho- uh, away. So Crystal Palace is home. I think you know where I'm going with this, Nick, right? So you're going to take Crystal Palace probably to win at plus 320? I'm going to take Crystal Palace a tie no bet at plus 215. Okay. I think that's a good value bet. I like that. Yeah. Like, if it's a tie, yeah, we're good. I see Crystal Palace. They haven't lost many players. They've performed very well. Last year, they were really, really solid. They had they have fantastic players with uh, Saha. They have uh, Michael Olise. Uh, Vieira has been doing bits for them. So Crystal Palace plus 215 against Arsenal. Arsenal, I, I don't know. I feel like they just crumble every single time they have that Friday opening fixture. I think it's happened the past two seasons. 
Uh, it definitely has. I, I, I mean, yes, I have been a witness. It has happened. I think this Arsenal, with the momentum they have, though, riding into this window, could potentially uh, do well for them. I mean, you know, we we won't discuss what happens to uh, Thomas Partey on this podcast because we, we don't have enough information yet. So if he plays, uh, then, you know, that'll probably ride the momentum. If he's out, then obviously that affects the chances. I think your decision of a tie no bet is really good, and I like it a lot. I have uh, one other bet that I really like that I'd like to give. Yeah. And that is Fulham against Liverpool over three and a half goals at plus 138. I think Liverpool is going to smash Fulham uh, Saturday morning. So that would be my pick right there. I like that a lot. And should we just go to what's my favorite bet? Oh, OK. Uh, I, they probably wouldn't have it now. Yeah, they definitely wouldn't have it now. So something to look out for is Man City versus West Ham over 10 corners. Combined over 10 corners, favorite bet to hit uh, because Man City and West Ham are both attacking. West Ham's not going to sit back and just like defend. So I really like West Ham versus uh, Man City over 10 corners. But I think the bet that I need to do, and we've already talked about how Leicester is not going to be the same old Leicester. And we've talked about how Brentford is... I mean, they're just a good side. Like, they can compete. Do I do, I do this, Nick? What are you going to do? Gonna I, do? do I take Brentford at plus 270 against Leicester? I think that's not a bad bet. Uh, I wouldn't lock it in, but I would say yeah. it would be something that you should look at. So I don't, I don't mind that bet. I personally would not bet that, though. Okay, so that, okay. that, that I just think that's that helpful. Yeah, I just think that there's so many other better bets that you can do. Uh, yeah. and, and that's why I feel like it'd be best if you just if you just did something else instead of that one. I, I can give you one that I really like, too. Uh, I, know, I know that we're, the Serie A and La Liga don't start for another week after, but we may not do a, a podcast during that time. So I do want to give a shout to Atalanta against Sampdoria at minus 120, uh, August 13th at noon. This game I really like because Sampdoria finished, I think, 15th or 16th in Serie A. Atalanta has had a decent summer as well. And I think that they're going to come out guns blazing in this result. So I like them on the almost even odds, essentially, at minus 120. Okay, I have mine. Okay. Really, really happy about this one. Uh, This is a very, very good find. Dortmund plus 105 against Leverkusen at home. Opening fixture for the Bundesliga. Yeah. And at home and against Leverkusen, who have been like middle of the table, I, I like Dortmund to win. And there's so many good bets this opening weekend. Um, I really like Wolfsburg against Werder Bremen. Werder Bremen is newly promoted. Wolfsburg is minus 120. I uh, really like that bet every time it's against the relegation side, too. So, yeah, a lot of good bets here, man. You know, RB Leipzig against Stuttgart. Stuttgart also recently pro- promoted. RB Leipzig finished the season really hot, minus one thirty. Like, great bet as well. Yeah, I'm sticking with Dortmund plus one hundred five there. Okay, but that, that's that's good value right there. Yeah, every single bet I listed, I I feel really good about. I don't know. We're gonna have to go back and count how many bets we actually made and uh and give the results the next time we record our pod. 
So, uh, Lucas, I know you're going on vacation in a couple of for a couple of weeks, essentially. So I may have a guest on the pod in the meantime. I may do a solo pod. We'll see what happens with the guest. Get a, get a guest on here. Yeah, and uh, and we'll move forward. But we'll come back with our results. We hope you guys enjoyed the show. Is there anything else that you wanted to add, Lucas, before we depart? Do you have any hot takes for this for this upcoming season? You have I mean, the World Cup. You have all the leagues going on. You have the Champions League, Champions League going on. What's your biggest hot take? I mean, I I had Chelsea outside of the Champions League. That's a hot. That's a pretty spicy take. Uh, Dortmund winning the Bundesliga, I think, is also a super spicy, spicy take. Yeah. I don't know. So I think those are kind of the ones that I'm leaning towards. What about you? Uh, mine is Ronaldo does not leave Manchester United, and he doesn't even start for Manchester United. Okay, very interesting. So despite him staying there, because nobody wants him at the moment, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Eric Ten Hag will not start him. He will start Anthony Martial over Ronaldo. And Ronaldo is going to be in poor form for the World Cup. <laughs> and they're going to get knocked out in the group stage. Okay. Wow, that's even hotter. I mean, their coach is horrible, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't uh, be, yeah, exactly. But very interesting, Lucas. I'm curious to see how this plays out. Yeah, we'll see. That's we'll a, see. that's my hot take. But yeah, yeah right. I'm I'm excited. Me too. Me too. Christmas morning coming in soon. All right. I think that's it for this episode. We hope you guys enjoy the show. We'll catch you in a couple weeks. Have a good one, everybody. Take it easy.